Space makers, if you're like me, you like to have an accessory that stands out. So for me, I like a big, bold earring. And that's why I love the work of my co-host. She has an incredible handmade jewelry line made from recycled and repurposed leather. We are all about repurposing, friends. Her work you can find on Instagram at thejshop.thej. J, just the letter, J. You can also find her work at etsy.com slash shop slash shop the J. And when you check out, use code MAKINGSPACEPOD for 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you, these are my favorite earrings and they're such a statement piece and people will be definitely making space for you in these. Voting isn't just about going to the polls on election day anymore. There's lots of options out there like voting early, mail-in voting, and drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best, friends, when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in a low voter turnout. How to Vote, is this tool that was created by Democracy Works, and it takes the guesswork out of the voting process. So make sure that you sign up to vote, decide when and where you'll vote this year, and how to, because we need you to get out there and vote. Make sure you have the appropriate ID, make sure you find your polling site, make sure you check your voter registration status, because every vote counts. Hey friends, are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for election day. I mean, you got to check if you're voted registered to vote at your current address because I mean, more than 60% of eligible voters have never been asked to register. Um, and headcount.org is working to change that. I checked mine recently, and guess what? It was not correct, so I needed to change it, and now it is correct. But sometimes these mistakes happen where you need to really check it out because it could mess up your voting, and Lord knows this election is very important. Um, Headcount is a nonpartisan nonprofit that tours with musicians to help concert attendees register to vote. Sick. But you don't need to leave your house to register or get voting info. Just head to headcount.org. Headcount. Head to headcount. Head to headcount. Registered vote at headcount.org. What's up? Um, welcome to the Making Spaces podcast. A spod- podcast. A spodcast. I don't even know what that means. A podcast about making space both literally and figuratively for other people and for yourself. I'm Sarah Heath, and this is the incredible Josie Jimenez in the house. <laughs> and uh, we've been apart for like a week and a half. Yeah, it's pretty intense considering that we would see each other almost yeah. every day. <laughs> And it's COVID time, so I you're like one of the only human contacts I am used to seeing all the time. Um, I have been on an epic road trip. Uh, I went and got my 1973 Airstream from Tennessee. I've gone through 16 states and three time zones uh, to get her. She is in Bend, Oregon, and uh, it was such a journey, but I'm having a little bit of... Um, separation anxiety, Josie. I'm so used to seeing you all the time. I Yeah, I feel the same. Life has been kind of odd, considering the fact that we work together and we work so succinct, and now it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and you're in Virginia, so she's in Virginia. Right. I am currently in Virginia visiting some friends. Right. We've both been pretty good about this COVID isolation thing. I've taken a couple of road trips um, with the same group of friends, actually, pretty much that I traveled across the country with. And so it is just, whereas my travel schedule is usually, like I'm usually speaking at an event at least once a month, um, this has been like the first time that we've been separated. Um, And so it's really good to see you. Thanks. It's good to see you. Even if it um, is across the country. Uh, it is. Well, this morning I started at 4.30 this morning because of the time difference. I had a group that I was leading in Massachusetts, which was so much fun talking to them about making spaces actually. Um, and about this idea of like, how do you make space after something like, 
you know, in the midst of and after, and what does it look like, you know, to talk about pandemic and how, you know, we kind of forget that a lot of disruption has happened in the past before. And so how do we move forward, all that kind of stuff. So, but I started at 4.30 this morning after getting home at like 10 o'clock last night, not falling asleep till midnight because I have no idea what time of day it is right now. (laughs) What time is it where you are? It's three hours ahead or two hours? Three hours ahead, the full three. The full three. Um, and so it's, uh, you're late. I, it's like 6.30 for me, 6.40, but I feel like it's like, I, it feels like it's so late. I'm so tired. Um, I feel like it's so early. Well, I'm you're going to be able to stay up past my bedtime three hours you're- ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to like, I, yeah, my, I used to like go out late and now like, it's like, 10 o'clock and I'm like I I need to read I don't know (laughs) I have never gone out late in my life you will never see me do that (laughs) nine o'clock I'm in bed (laughs) oh I love that I wish I was that way I have to get up early to run tomorrow so I might go to bed early tonight um but we are excited to um first of all friends I put a thing on Instagram to ask people to leave voice messages and tell me their favorite spaces do you know what they did instead they just commented on all their favorite spaces, which was uh, not quite the instructions. Friends, we need you to leave a voicemail. This week, we don't have a voicemail. And it kind of bums me out because I do want to know what your favorite space is. I'm excited for, I have a lot more followers on Instagram. My dear friend, Morgan Harper Nichols, who's an artist, featured me this week. And so a lot of people are like um, checking that stuff out. And I'm like, hey, new friends, could you leave a voicemail? Yeah, tell us. Let us know. We are um, curious. I'm curious. I want to hear your I voice. Judge you. I don't want to judge you. I want to love you. Yeah, we just need more of this. <laughs> <laughs> we just need more. Give me more. Um, only because I think it's important for people to hear just sort of the variance. I love hearing where people want to be and the spaces they want to be in and what spaces make them feel. Um, this morning when I was leading oh. these all these pastors who were like their pastors and lady lady and clergy and all kinds of people and just talking to them like what do your spaces say about what you do in the space you know like people don't think through that and so i want you to think through what is your favorite space so you can leave us a voicemail um and you can do so by going to www three times dot anchor dot fm slash making spaces and there's a little link right down there to leave us a voicemail we would love it also review leave us reviews i will be honest i haven't checked our reviews this week have you no <laughs> why are you laughing like that because i don't think i ever have <laughs> uh, why am i always responsible everyone wants me on their group project in school uh, hey, i do uh, other things i'm responsible you are our poster on social media so you get all the bonus points um and mm. i was terrible at not being able to record last week because mm. i had zero self-reception anywhere yeah america is pretty sparse in the middle it is um i learned a lot of things i learned about states that i want to live in i learned about states that maybe i don't so much want to live in um yeah, LA, it was baby, really cool. I don't care. <laughs> I'm all oh about SoCal. <laughs> no kidding. I don't think anyone who's ever listened to the show would know that about you. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows that I'm racist against other states. What state Racist. You're a statist. Yes, You're I'm a very statist. Statist. Yeah, you I'm are. I'm in for Virginia sure. and I'm walking around saying, mm, it's, no, it's no Los Angeles. Where if Meanwhile, I go to Los Angeles Tustin. and I'm like, I can't handle the like, like when, as soon as we came over, what is that called? The green, nope. The grapevine? That one, the grapevine. As soon as we came over, I was like, oh, traffic again. And people who drive like jerks. And like, I just, I am not an LA girl, but I'm glad you are. Well, I'm an East LA girl. Let me be very clear. West LA is not my vibe. The Valley, not my vibe. Oh my gosh. My people are my people. I know. And yet you're open to lots of people making spaces for other people. So let it be a lesson. You can expand your horizons. Dun, dun, dun. The more you know. Speaking of expanding horizons, how about Rob and Rob? 
Yeah. So this week we are excited to share a conversation with these people who do an event or event. It's really like an organization called Social Thread, which I love, love this idea of um, thinking about fabric and thinking about people as a social thread and how all of us kind of weave together to make something. Um, their kind of claim is, they really ask the question, like, can we use um, research to make space for people? So they did a lot of research before they launched this idea. They're former church workers, and they've created a community for people, a group of folks that are able to sort of journey together and ask really big questions. They're still within the Christian framework, but it is very much a, a different way of looking at church. And it was fun because we got to push back a little bit and have kind of a good conversation about what is community, what's important, um, what's essential. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I think it was a good conversation. Josie, what did you think? Um, I mean, I love the idea of, as much as I am a statist and love Los Angeles more than everywhere in the world, I oh also love all different types of people, you know? I'm not a keep to my singular ideal and only have friends with my own ideals. I have friends of all kinds. Yes, even even Trump supporters. Pray for me. It's a hard road. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to Trump supporters, I guess, <laughs> but I love having this idea of being a fabric and needing to have all of us together for it to be strong and whole, because as soon as you start pulling some out, it starts unraveling, and that's no good. I know. I love this. Uh, I Well, as someone who, believe it or not, has a degree in biology and psychology in undergrad, um, I love research. I will read research papers. So I love the idea that this was based on um, what do people actually um, need? What do people actually would state themselves need? And so, yeah, I think we'll just hop into this conversation. And um, thanks so much for joining us. I think you're going to get some good stuff out of it. And I think there's some stuff you might want to push back on. So we'd love to hear comments on it. Um, and as always, check us out on our YouTube channel too, which is youtube.com slash RevSarahHeath. And if you want to follow what I'm calling the Airstream dream, we're going to do, uh, we did lots of videoing while I was there and we're going to create um, videos around that. And that'll be part of the do it together projects. I'm going to get Josie up to the great state of Oregon. I'm determined mm. to help me work on this Airstream. Don't you're going to love it. You mm. Pacific Northwest. I'll get you a cute mm. little flannel. Oh, you'll mm. be so cute in a flannel. Um, no, look mm -mm. at her mm -mm. make you mm -mm. eat organic food, granola. Mm -mm. No, nope. I'm too Mexican well. for that. Mm -mm. Open up your heart, Joes. All right, listen to this episode and can't <laughs> wait to hear everyone's response. Thank you so much for joining us. Yay. And so I, so as a, as a worship pastor, I was a worship pastor at a big evangelical church that would have all of those screens and lights and <laughs> all of those things. And, and I would create those spaces. And um, several years ago, I remember being on the platform and, and we, we don't call it, we didn't call it a stage, but we call it a platform leading and going, <laughs> I don't necessarily believe what I'm saying, or, or I don't really feel like this is like, I'm being true to me and the questions that I have. And I just feel like I'm being not authentic in my expression of my faith. I'm not connecting with God in this way. And it just feels like a show to me. And so when I left that, I did not have a safe place to go. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know um, who to ask. I didn't, I, I was just kind of going around on the internet and, you know, oh, hey, there's Richard Rohr. Let's see what this guy says. Um, um, you know, well, you know, and, and I think, and I think what, 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 what you realize is that you start asking these questions and one question opens up another question, opens up another question. And suddenly I began questioning every single thing. Not only, not only that I uh, grew up, cause I grew up in a uh, real conservative um, Southern Baptist uh, evangelical movement that uh, boy, if I could shed this guilt that I, and everything that I did was guilt, guilt mo motivated. And it just became uh, just overwhelming. And um, I could not find the space 
where I could explore on my own. I, I didn't have anybody. And so when I ran across Social Thread, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, there's no way, what, what is this? This is crazy, I've never heard anything like this. Hello. Hi, friends. Welcome. To hi. The, hi. Welcome to the Making Spaces oh. podcast. My name is, you can just say hi. You can laugh. This is great. Okay. okay. Uh, great. We're glad you're here. Uh, I am Sarah and this is Josie. Josie. And we um, are uh, really polished. If we we're going to describe our podcast, <laughs> it would be polished, really. Very um, professional. Very professional. Look at your crown. The most. We are the most. Wow professional yes um but this is a podcast really about making space for people both literally and figuratively we are um i'm a pastor and artist and designer and josie is a designer and artist and runs our church because she's the administrator um but we want to gather folks around this idea of what does it mean to make space for others so today on the podcast we decided to be very confusing and have two roberts (laughs) one of them is rob and one of them is robert and we'll let you figure that out later. They both are part of something known as social thread, which is a, kind of for folks who are trying to figure out uh, this spiritual thing without having um, kind of the thing that maybe like a doctrine or a need for these are the four things you have to believe and all this sort of stuff. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but these two are incredible space makers for people who are asking those questions. And then they also run a consulting firm for folks who are trying to figure out how do I do church in this day and age? So Welcome to the show. All right. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh. Oh, thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for having us. Um, yeah. I have to admit to you before I ask the first question, I'm having a little bit of PTSD because my dad's name is Rob. He goes by Bob. <laughs> my uncle is named Alan, but his first name is actually Rob, right? My uncle, yep, yep. my mom has four siblings. So my mom married... Bob, my aunt married Robert Allen. My next in line is my uncle who married, I'm glad you asked, Bobby. And yes. then after that, <laughs> the fourth person in our family, my aunt, uh, she was, it looked like she was going to get married to someone, but he didn't have the appropriate name. So that ended and she ended up going and meeting my now uncle. Rob, thanks for asking. Uh, so everyone in my I, family oh my. I thought is you were going to say Steve. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Everyone in my family is named Bob. So this is like very comfortable for me. So guys, thank you for doing that for me. Um, Josie, we're, in your, we're here for you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. In your yeah. Hispanic family, do you have a name that everyone has? Well, we don't do Robert. We do Roberto. Roberto. So, um, <laughs> nice. I have a couple of those, but they're father and son, so you don't really got to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm curious yeah. why neither of you goes by Bob. Ooh. Because neither of us are 65 <laughs> years yeah. old yet. That's true. Yeah. That's Bob true. Heath, you're right. you're if you're right. listening to this, they're all, not judging you, Dad. <laughs> although, um, although I had a ski instructor who insisted on calling me Bob when I was like 15 years old once. So thank you, Kirkwood Ski Resort ski instructor guy who thought it would be funny to call me Bob all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So the first question I have, and I'm going to ping pong it to whichever one of you. Ping pong? Does that what humans say? I don't know. Yeah. Popcorn? Popcorn. Some thing. Uh, I'm hungry. Perfect. Uh, Because of ping pong or popcorn? Both. Yeah. Okay. The question is this. Where is your favorite space and why? Mm -hmm. And it can be as metaphorical as you want, or it can be like, I like a very tangible, actual space. Go. Oh, (laughs) I have, I have answers for both of those. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, like the the metaphorical space is is wherever my friends and family are, right? Yeah, oh, oh. Um, it's it's with it's with you folks. Um, any anywhere there's community happening, that's my favorite. That that's what gives me life. That's what gives me energy. If I think of like physical spaces, um, I don't live in Phoenix anymore. I live in Tucson now. But you see this poster um, over my shoulder, and I don't think if you're listening to a podcast, you're seeing anything except for you know what's on your screen. You can describe so, it. Yeah. So in my office, 
I have my home office. I have a poster for the Crescent Ballroom, which is a music venue in downtown Phoenix. And um, it sort of was like the centerpiece around when I started City Square Church, which was a, a new new at the time, um, Progressive United Methodist faith, faith Community in downtown Phoenix. And my co-pastor and I just spent a lot of time uh, drinking beer and eating nachos by ourselves, wondering if any, anyone would ever show up to our stuff. Um, oh my gosh, that's the name of my memoir, drinking beer right? and nachos by eating myself, nacho. a memoir. You know what? I've had beer and nachos <laughs> with you at least once. Oh yeah. No, there's a whole yeah. hashtag with our friends called Mama Needs Nachos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, but that, but you know, we, we gathered a movement in, in that space. We ended up doing something called gospel brunch there and uh, became really good friends with the bartenders and the wait staff and the owner. And um, it's, it's a space that is special um, in my heart when we talk about physical spaces. I love it. All right. Roberto. Yeah. For me, um, uh, the mountain that is right outside of my house is my space and uh, it's a, a place where I can um, be reflective and um, think of great ideas and listen to music and um, come up with all sort of cool stuff. And that, that's it. And then, uh, of course, where my family is, uh, um, you know, one of my goals in life is to spend as much time with my family as absolutely possible. So, um, man, listen to my kids laugh. That's, you know, the best. I love that. Both of your spaces spaces is, um, are fantastic. Uh, as we talk about having you guys on here as space makers, you guys have created this sort of model for doing church when people, I mean, not even church, just for gathering community. The name Social Thread. You want to tell me why Social Thread and t- talk a little bit about the communities that you're community that you're cultivating, curating, you guys, you're welcome. Curating. That's yes. the word I'm going to use. Community <laughs> curators. Mm. Um, so the name, the name came from the, it's a spin off the concept of social fabric. So I'm, I'm big into community, um, building community, social stuff like sociology. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, You're also big I, into I, textiles I, too. So mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So Joseph, did you notice he's wearing a long beach hat? It's a nod to you, Ellet, Los Angelian. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's my alma mater, California state university, long beach go 49ers, but our mascot is now a shark. So, but we're not the sharks anyway. Um, so social fabric, that idea of society is made up of a diversity of people and of places and of experiences and that that social fabric is tighter when that, that fabric, when that, the weave, when the threads all come together and um, come together and and the tighter um, they are, the better our social fabric is. So that's, so each one of us is a thread in that fabric. So therefore social thread, see what I did there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, faith, faith is a huge part of who we are and it's a huge part of our society of that social fabric and whether we've had a good experience with it or, or a bad experience, or we call it spirituality or part of being something bigger than ourselves, um, or, or trying to, you know, gain some sort of bigger wisdom, uh, to, to believe in, in something else. Um, and so social thread is creating a space where we can each come together and bring our own unique experiences and backgrounds and have that exploration of faith, of spirituality to where we can be on that journey together and you're not alone. Um, and it's a place to belong and a place where we hope uh, people can thrive um, on that journey. I know because you and I have talked about this before that this Mm -hmm. was based off of a lot of work done on actual, like you had a actual marketing. Yes. I don't know the word. Josie, what's the word? Marketing person, plan, planner. Market, market research. That. Yes. I know that you had a market (laughs) researcher. I'm. Yeah with words, which is why I get paid to speak. Um, Yes. (laughs) Who came in before you did that. Can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about how that has played in? And like, as you're making space for people, it's not just this idea of like, you guys set a tent and said, 
we're all important because theoretically, I think all churches are saying that. Well, I mean, some are yes. saying like you're really crappy threads and you need to get together right. so you won't be as crappy threads. But yeah. um, I think what was the marketing research, like what came out of that? Because I think that's such a unique yeah. start. Something. So, so I'll back up. I mentioned the, the church start I did in downtown Phoenix and which was an amazing part of my life for three years. But in year three, um, you know, you can't work 80 hours a week and what? try to be married and raise two little kids and um, be a healthy human. And I, I hit a wall. It took me six months to figure out I, I had hit a wall and I was uh, not great person to be around. So I ended up taking a year off of ministry and just to find myself and figure out like, Hey, who am I? What am I doing here? Um, in the context of being a pastor, especially. And when I came out of that time of leave, I was like, man, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There's gotta be a way where <laughs> we, people can come around the best of faith, the best of religion, the best of spirituality, um, where it can be life-giving, um, where it can actually help make life less painful um, and more meaningful. And there's gotta be a better way to do it where we don't drive leaders into insanity and burnout uh, while we do it too. So at the same time, uh, I came across an opportunity to project manage a, a market research project for the, the Desert Southwest Conference of the United Methodist Church um, to use some grant funds to go out and find a professional firm to help us figure out like, why, why are people leaving church? Why are people leaving organized religion? And, but what are those needs that they have, the spiritual needs they have that they still want to have fulfilled, but they've said that I can't do that at church anymore. Church is, mm. is irrelevant. It's too much of a painful experience, or it was never something that was part of my life or my family's life anyway. And I don't understand it. It just seems like a hateful judgmental place. Um, so that was a really, really amazing project. I kind of stepped into and worked with the firm for a year and did all kinds of surveys and studies and conversations with people around their attitudes of religion and spirituality. And, um, we did find out that folks do have spiritual needs. They are still looking for their purpose in life. They still want to know how to be more compassionate, how to be more generous, and they're deeply craving community. And church scratches that those itches for a lot of people and fulfills that role for a lot of people. But for more and more people, the research found the church does not do that, but people don't know where to have those needs fulfilled if it's not the church. Like no viable alternative on a mass scale has come up to say, okay, we can fulfill the needs of um, folks that they used to have fulfilled at church. So not CrossFit. Well, I think for kidding. some people, yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it's seriously though, like, like I think CrossFit, SoulCycle, um, for me, it was a boxing gym for what, when I was on leave, like I found church and in a, a boxing trainer's garage with like three or four other people who were just trying to get in shape, but we ended up becoming really good friends. Um, and there was a lot of spiritual things happening there. People finding at coffee shops and bars um, or whatever. And those are great if those things are around, but they're not intentionally trying to help you explore your faith. Oh, and right. intentionally yeah, help you try to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you can do it if you put that work in and if you're trying to do that yourself, then yeah, um, it can happen. But I don't think everyone's going into CrossFit being like, oh man, this is church. You know? I think CrossFit sounds like Josie's hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, I am allergic to exercise. <laughs> and my, my cousin is actually a CrossFit trainer and that's where our whole like friendship group is, which is so nice for her. But also I don't need my friends telling me to work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think you're right. It only, it meets a certain aspect. Right. And I think that mm -hmm. you, you start asking questions beyond that. And so yeah. but what, when you and I sat down forever ago and started talking about like, what did this study discover? Mm -hmm. um, I think what was um, interesting for me and also like, kind of affirming of the the nudge that I felt is that people really do want to investigate these bigger questions, but they 
don't want to do it within a framework that doesn't make space for where they already are. Like, do I have to yes. put all of these thoughts on a shelf to investigate this part of me? So um, we joke about CrossFit, but CrossFit is great in that it gives you community and friends, but it's for your working your body out, but there's not like this mental component necessarily. Mm-hmm. You're probably not asking the really big questions as you're doing deep squats. Um, <laughs> although I did go Different to a Bible study yeah. for CrossFit called Deep Thoughts, Deep Thoughts and Squats. And it was mm-hmm. um, it was really good. And also I broke my finger, but it's fine. Um, but I love working <laughs> That's a out. different kind of abusive yeah. Yeah, institutional yeah. I love relationship. Working. I'm I think. different, right? But yeah. I think these big questions are still being asked and people are going to continue asking that. So even as our social fabric is changing in a lot of ways, people want to be yeah. able to bring all of themselves into something. And I think they're no longer willing from the research that you were talking about, they're no yeah. longer willing to just go to a place that only meet, like only allows them to bring part of themselves. They want to bring the whole yes. questioning self. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, and the big finding that you're alluding to was that the world is sort of humans live on this continuum of what we call traditionalists on one side, explorers on the other side. And for the longest time, the world leaned more towards the traditional side, which was the, there's sort of one way to, practice your faith. And that's with somebody standing up front with the rule book and saying, here's the rules and this is what we do. And people said, great. Um, I'll just go follow the rules this week and I'll be connected to God. (laughs) (laughs) But there's always been folks who say, but you know what? There's lots of different places to gain religious, spiritual, faith-based wisdom from to help me figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life and why I'm here and and how this is all supposed to function. And so I'll take a little from here, a little from there, a little from there, and I'll figure all that out on my own, maybe in community with other folks and maybe with some rules and structure. But for the most part, at the end of the day, I'm going to say, you know what, I have... I have my own beliefs and I came up with them on my own terms. And those folks are what we call explorers. But now over the last few decades, the world is shifting more and more rapidly towards the explorer spectrum. So there's just more and more explorers and less and less traditionalists. And churches are trying to say, hey, we need to reach young people, quote unquote, um, and make them traditionalists. And explorers, your brain's just wired, your brain's not wired to be that way if you're an explorer. And so it's always going to seem like a foreign concept to be like, wait, you want me to go sit in a chair or a pew or a pew with, um, you know, wheels on it, like at your church, uh, Sarah (laughs) (laughs) and and Josie, Um, (laughs) um, and, and have somebody talk at me and tell me what to, to believe every week. That sounds terrible. What an awful idea. Um, but for people who love that, there's no judgment there. We still need churches for folks who who need that authority in their lives to help them explore their faith. But we need we need new spaces and we need more spaces for people to explore on their own terms. Um, but also not just like, hey, come believe whatever you want. Um, you can have Robert talk about sort of what we call our pillars and guideposts of, hey, here's a here's a, here's a structure. Here's some guides for you of, of how to do that. You still get to ask the questions. Um, but we're going to provide some resources and some structure and, um, maybe some, I guess, coaching, you know, for you along the way. That's really good language. We, uh, Josie and I recently talked to, uh, another artist who was talking about how it's really hard to be an artist in the church. Uh, and because I was shocked, Josie actually, and, um, Ariel really helped me think through, I didn't realize that they were being asked to be traditionalists, right? Um, I think that was that language you would use, Josie, like the experience of you can't really be an artist because here are the rules and you're breaking them. Yeah. I mean, this whole, this whole conversation is one I've been continuously having with my dad, actually, because my Mm -hmm. dad um, had us grow up in a very Pentecostal charismatic church um, and now he goes to this huge megachurch in Anaheim where it's all lights and trumpets and screens everywhere. Ooh. And he does not understand that that's not my vibe. Like, I do yeah. not. And I mean, they're also, you know, more traditional in the sense that women have a certain role and gay people can come, but they're not going to heaven or whatever, right? And yeah. explaining to my dad, like, you can believe whatever you want, dad. 
but then I can therefore believe whatever I want. And as Sarah was saying, from the artist perspective, it's more of like, my funny line is that I don't have the luxury of discriminating against words because I'm a writer. And so I can say fuck whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) And does, and does. (laughs) And I do. Um, And my dad doesn't understand that like all these people that are more traditional don't understand that artists function in a different way. And that doesn't change because you're a Christian. Like I have to be loud and boisterous because that's my artistic practice. And that's not going to go away because I believe in Jesus. (laughs) I I like your belief in Jesus voice because I believe in Jesus. Yes. Um, So I love this idea that you're, you are, however, providing structure for people. So Robert, if you would like, I would love to hear what these pillars are or what it's not a willy nilly. We, everyone come on in. I mean, everyone, yes, come on in, but there is something that we're moving towards. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because of the, the research um, still, even though, uh, everyone is an explorer. There is still a significant part of the research to where it says that the teachings of Jesus is very important. And so um, I, I think that even because that we are a Western culture, that is something that we identify with already. And uh, what we're trying to do is to take the, um, the absolute essential of what Jesus is saying and expanding on that and essentially that's uh you you know it's essentially the greatest commandment it's you know you you love the lord your god as yourself uh love the lord your god and your neighbor as yourself excuse me and so um that's what that's pretty much what we've divided the pillars into is that you know uh, by loving god we're we're helping our members define who or what god is Mm. and helping them explore sacred texts, um, explore the experience of others and explore spiritual practices um, by loving neighbors. Um, you know, it's, you know, answering the question, who, who is my neighbor? It's practicing compassion. Uh, it's learning from all wisdom traditions and practicing generosity. And then uh, loving yourself. It's to uh, learn more about yourself, to practice self-compassion, to set healthy boundaries, and to continue on the journey. And so those um, those pillars are are gives us guideposts to how we run a social thread. So it's just not whatever. It's uh, this is a uh, a path in which you can explore um, faith on your own terms. Yeah, I think that's a, a lot of uh, our work in making space for people is dealing a lot with folks who have experienced deconstruction or are experiencing a deconstruction of a faith that once was very mm-hmm. um, rigid. So the walls were mm-hmm. very rigid. The rules were very rigid. And there comes a moment, I feel like, as I'm journeying with people, where they go, there are no rules. Um, and it's not the comforting thing they thought they would feel. Um, I think about that commercial where the guy like, like there's no rules because I forget it's like a cell phone commercial and he takes his shirt off in the grocery store and the guy's like push your shirt back on he's like there's some rules um <laughs> I think that having there is some safety and boundaries in like you're not the first to think through these things oh okay sometimes that feels a little bit like oh I can pause and breathe for a minute I don't have to panic there are some some maybe some suggestions and patterns, but when it's not as rigid, when, when the walls are maybe movable or um, Mm. uh, the space has a little more room for myself. I mean, I I love even that part of scripture that you're talking about, like love your neighbor as yourself. I will never forget the first time I preached that within the, the space of our community. I had this profound moment where I realized so many people don't love themselves. And not only that, but have been told they're garbage because that's the narrative is like, you will buy my faith tradition if you believe you are garbage enough and I can tell you how to be not garbage, right? Um, And so I don't know if you have that experience, but sometimes when I hear this, like uh, people talking about like self-care, all this kind of stuff, I almost have a, a bristly reaction because I'm like, oh no, don't be narcissistic because I grew up with the belief that to care or love myself is could be problematic um, because it 
you know, causes me to question or, or move in that way. Um, so I'm glad to hear yeah. you have some of those things, but you're thinking through how do we allow people to question who they are, not just what, what they're, what they're about. Yeah. I don't know. That might be a good um, place. Robert has a really powerful story, I think related to that and how you found <laughs> social thread. Um, I know, I know, yeah. you know, I don't know how comfortable you are sharing what, what parts of that story or how relevant sure. that is here, but. Yeah, sure. No, but just, um, just very quickly, you know, so I, so as a, as a worship pastor, I was a worship pastor at a big evangelical church that would have all of those screens and lights and (laughs) all of those things. And and I would create those spaces. And um, several years ago, I remember being on the platform and and we we don't call we didn't call it a stage, but we call it a platform leading and going, (laughs) I, I don't necessarily believe what I'm saying or, or I don't really feel like this is like um, I'm being true to me and uh, the questions that I have. And I just feel like I'm being uh, not authentic um, in my expression of my faith. I'm not connecting with, uh, with, with God in this way. And it just feels like a show to me. And, um, and so when I left that, I did not have a safe place to go. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know um, who to ask. I didn't, I, I was just kind of going around on the internet and, you know, so, Hey, there's Richard Rohr. Let's see what this guy says. Uh, um, you know, I, well, you know, and, and I think, and I think what, 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 what you realize is that you start asking these questions and one question opens up another question, opens up another question. And suddenly I began questioning every single thing. Not only, not only that I uh, grew up cause I grew up in a, a real conservative um, Southern Baptist um, uh, uh, evangelical movement that uh, boy, if I could shed this guilt that mm-hmm. I've and everything that I did was guilt, guilt motivated and it just became uh, just overwhelming. And um I could not find a space where I could explore on my own. I, I didn't have anybody. And so when I ran across social thread, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, there's no way. What, what, what is this? This is crazy. I've never heard anything like this. And so, um, so for me, I, the whole part about social thread is, is if you're, in this evangelical movement and you're like, I can't leave this. I can't leave my tribe. I can't leave the people that these are all my friends. Um, and so I, I didn't have anywhere to go and I was rejected by friends and family. People told me, are you crazy? What are you doing? Um, for and leaving, your livelihood, you know, let's you know, well, name that as well. Your livelihood yeah. was based on yeah. you professing these certain things. Right. Right. And it would have been a huge problem, <laughs> huge problem. And you know, you lose as a vocational pastor, you lose a lot of, a lot of things uh, financially, even more so than just income and insurance. Um, and so uh, when I found Social Thread, I realized this, if I could create a space that would exist for people uh, like me, um, they, they would go, oh, okay, I don't have to lose all of my friends. I can, I can have a space where I can explore the st- things in a non-judgmental way. And, and, but in an idea where you're, well, okay, I don't have to be new age. I don't have to be Buddhist. I don't have to be, um, but you can learn from those traditions. Sure. Uh, but it's less, but it's a, a space that's less scary. Um, because for me, it was really scary, you know, cause when I first started, I'm like, oh, I'm leaving this whole thing totally. And I'm never going back. Um, but you know, and I have since reconciled a lot of the paradoxes of our faith. And, um, you know, I would say that I'm, uh, much I have a much deeper faith now than I think I ever have so uh, anyway I try not to cry guys so, it's okay but, I mean it's, this is this is the crying aloud so but yeah but yeah but when I first met Rob I, I just told him I, I could not believe that this this exists and I, I, I truly believe that there are other people out there like me and other people out there who would never um, connect to, to church, but are desperately needing a community to, uh, to work, um, work out their faith and um, feel like they can belong and they can thrive even. Yeah. Yep. I think that there's a, a structure 
or a system that says questioning only leads to more questions, which only leads to more questions. And that's problematic where I think, no, like that's what we're created to be about. Not just the explorers. I think um, a lot of us question and Mm -hmm. wonder, and is there a space for me? Can I, can I fit in somewhere? And I, um, I'm really glad that you, that you found this thing that now you're a part of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're creating more space. And I, I think over the years of, over the years, guys, we started this podcast in March, but it feels like years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause you know, COVID years. So it's like seven yes. years that we've been yes. doing this. seven COVID years, <laughs> seven yeah. COVID years um, is the sense of, okay. Like I, if, if I'm someone who needs space made and I start making that space for myself, I start making space for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. mm-hmm. um, when I do the thing that feels so outside of the thing, but it feels so inside of who I should be. And I'm just pressing more into that. There's this expansion rather than a collapse. So our fear is it will collapse and I will not know people, but yeah. instead the walls move out a little bit mm-hmm. and more people mm-hmm. can be part of it. But it's really, I think it's really hard to do. And that's why that emotion comes up, right? Like I'm so afraid I will lose everything if I start down that road mm-hmm. yeah i think the whole yeah. idea of social thread is really brave especially as somebody who questions everything with zero remorse <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my enneagram eight mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i giving people a space to jump into that fear because a lot of people stay because of fear right like fear of hell fear of losing everything and everybody fear of not of the unknown too um and we talked about this with our friend kevin in an earlier episode how people might stick around because they're afraid to not have that person tell them what to do yeah people are for guidance and people are looking mm-hmm. for not having to ask the deep questions mm-hmm. and creating uh almost like sanctuary anywhere where people can question anything and everything i think is really important in this day and age when people just are obviously as we see during these election season not questioning enough (laughs) right so there's this idea of like i'm so afraid of questioning that i don't and in Mm -hmm. fact i'm angry that you do um oh i've gotten kicked out of plenty of things from questioning too much Um, I just, I love working with Josie because our personalities are so different, but it's like, I love her ability to just be like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> whereas I'm like, I care too much, <laughs> um, yeah. but there, you create a nice balance. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but that's and, needed, right? I think when we're mm-hmm. making spaces, you have to have both the challenger and the person who just wants to, wants yeah. everyone to feel great, but is still asking big questions. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that that's interesting because so every Tuesday, Thursday night, um, since COVID started, we've been doing what we call the explore your faith meetup, which is essentially the concept came from like a theology pub. If you've ever done theology pub, which is like, we we're going to go to the bar night. It's called theology yeah. on top for us. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go to the bar. Now we're going to go to the zoom and um, have a beverage maybe. Um, and just talk about sort of current events and life and what's going on. We're going to talk about our faith in a public space and, and have a beer and not feel guilty about it. Right. So, <laughs> so that's where we came up with the concept for the meetups. And what's interesting is we made a very deliberate decision to be like, we can talk about politics here but it's not just going to be all bashing um, politics and it's not going to be judging people based on politics. And we're going to talk about it. We're actually going to try to avoid talking about it as much as we can, but, but we're not going to tell you you can't talk about it Um, because it's not a free for all either of, Hey, we're going to show up and sort of dump on each other um, and, and just complain about, people we disagree with um, or whatever, but we're actually going to challenge ourselves to have empathy for other folks um, Mm. and, and not, yeah. And just the, the non-judgment goes both ways, you know? Yeah. Like uh, I I lost my train of thought here, but I'm trying to be really powerful. um, (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, yeah, let's have the people who care too much and let's have the folks who, or, or like, F it, I'm angry and I just want to, 
get in here and, and rip my political opponents. I'm like, well, we can do that on Facebook all day long. And we do do that on Facebook all day long, but let's actually challenge ourselves to come together with folks from different perspectives and learn from one another and have that empathy and ask that question. Who is my neighbor? Is my neighbor the person who agrees exactly with everything I agree with and that I get together and dunk on other people with, or is my neighbor, everybody. And I have a responsibility to try to understand, not agree with everybody, but just understand and be human with other people. And maybe we can make this world a little. Yeah. It's a radical message actually. Uh, it's really easy to get stuck in um, what's your audience and go aggressively after that audience. And we've got algorithms and um, Mark Zuckerberg gets to decide who our friends are. And I realize that the greatest uh, moments in community for me have been the times when I have been pushed or challenged. And just when I think I've arrived uh, right at this great thought and someone brings in something else or an experience and, but we don't do that when we are stuck in our um, silos of belief, right? Um, and I was most profoundly aware of this when we were talking about, someone said something that was really offensive at a theology on tap one time. And um, there's a couple at our in our community and the one person said, if there isn't space for him, then there's not space for me. And this was like a, a, a lesbian saying like his conservatism, like, He'll never change if he doesn't know someone like me. And that's a bold thing. And you have to be like, you have to have worked through your stuff to do that. And it needs to be in an environment where um, you are not a threat. You're not threatening people, right? But you can say, I don't know how to feel about this. And it was wonderful because I think so often we do get caught up in, I need to make a thing that where everyone looks just like me. I don't want that. Um, I actually, I don't always need church, but I do need people and I need them to be different than me Mm. and be in a different spot. And, um, I grow and learn. Um, and it has to be the kind of place where I love this idea of social thread because this, yeah, this kind of the idea of like, okay, if I'm a healthier, bigger thread and I bring in some more healthier, bigger threads and we weave our lives together, it's going to look a lot different than if like we're just all frayed and all over the place. I just got off yeah. doing a podcast for another pastor and he was honest and said, I don't want to go back to church. He said, I get to do mm-hmm. Sunday mornings mm-hmm. with my kids and mm-hmm. we, he goes, it feels sacred and holy and um, I'm overprogrammed and my kids are starting to hate the church because all they know it as is the place we have to be for lots of hours on Sunday. Yes. Um, yeah. So if it's not based on that, if it's based on um, making all of ourselves healthy and well and our difference um, in a good way, I think that's a beautiful way of looking at community. And is most of your stuff um, has, was on online and in person, huh? I didn't realize that there was in-person components to it. Yeah, that, that was the the plan from the beginning was because we were trying to avoid the, yeah, everything's online, everything's social media, um, everything's in our phones and our tablets and our computers. Like if we can get people face to face with, with each other, then, those deeper bonds can happen across differences because um, I, I think we spend too much time trying to figure out like, well, how do we have healthy debate? How do we have like, well, stop having debate, have people start talking about their kids and their favorite sports teams and what beers they like and where they like to go on vacation, what Netflix shows uh, they're watching. And then, you know, way down the road, talk about issues or never talk about issues. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, my, my neighbor down the street for me flies a, a political flag that is vastly different from my own. I've never talked to him about it. If I see him outside, we talk about the weather, we talk about the neighborhood, we talk about, we have a lot of desert animals that are flying and running around here and crawling up walls. It's kind of creepy sometimes, but, um, you know, Hey, did you see the Bobcat the other day? Whatever. We've never once talked about, um, the political flag and, and I hope we can, keep talking for as long as possible without ever talking about politics. Um, See, I wonder though, like, I feel uh, like getting to that, I think it should be part of it. I mean, again, just for community, mm -hmm. like for 
sure. this, this idea of bringing my whole self into something. It's like there mm-hmm. has to be a background or a, a, a lot of the studies that have been done that I've, I've Again, I'm a nerd, so I read so much stuff, but um, people don't change yeah. your opinion because you had the most facts, right? So the debates are yeah. hilarious, right? We're going, we're in the season of debates on on TV because really people already know what they're going to vote for. They already have these thoughts. It's relationships that change people. So they did a study at, I mm-hmm. believe it was Harvard, where a professor had um, Israeli students and Palestinian students um, share their side, not trying to change the other, and they found they got closer. So knowing yourself and your beliefs and they like got closer to the middle. And I think we have spent so much time thinking our job is to yell the other person down, have the most facts. I think it's important to know your beliefs and that sort of stuff, but learning how to engage the other and just like a normal conversation about your kids or about whatever, seeing the other as another, like, I think it's neat in our community that People are different ages because that's not actually something in our community, guys. Do you know, like, people really are gunning towards, like, only certain people of this age will want to come and be involved in that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. which is great for a marketing perspective, but is not great for actually building real community or, or change because people need to encounter people that are different than them, I think. Yeah. And back to the, the social fabric metaphor, whether we like it or not, we are... <laughs> we're all stuck together. We're all connected mm-hmm. in some way. And we can decide yeah, how tight that connection and how healthy and how strong that connection is going to be. Or like I said, is it going to be frayed or is it going to be loose, falling apart all over the place? But, but no matter what we are, no matter how much we try to distance and divide ourselves, that connection is still there and everything we do to each other has an effect on that overall um, organism. Oh, I love that idea. You think about mm-hmm fabric. <laughs> Josie makes yeah. a lot of stuff out of leather and leather is a very tight Ooh. fabric. Oh. Um, this is all leather right here. Nice. Yeah. Nice. She's a phenomenal, especially jewelry artist. And I, I think about fabric like leather or something like that. That's very tightly knit. When one part of it starts to go, you lose the whole, there's no like sewing it back up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and it, and it really depends on each piece really being woven in. Um, yeah. and tight. It's a great metaphor guys. Yeah. And, and I don't think it means like, go, go find like the most abhorrent, you know, person opposite political theological belief that you can think of. Like we all have someone we like, we, we kind of disagree with and be like, eh, I'd rather not hang around that person. But, um, because we have different beliefs, like start there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and have, and one of our guideposts that Robert mentioned is having healthy boundaries. So it, you, you do have to decide your red line, like, okay, I'm not going to put up with, with racist, um, whatever, like that's a, that's a red line for me, but we can find, go, go find someone that's maybe like a couple notches, you know, away from your position and say, you know, I'm going to make an intentional relationship, um, here and, um, and yeah, one it thing have to, to it's another. not zero sum. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the fabric. Uh, we just recently had a conversation at our, in our community, because we've got this big, beautiful building, we've made space for people to rent it out and a community wanted to come and rent it that uh, has been pretty harmful to the LGBTQIA community. Um, and our facilities manager is wonderful and he's a black man and uh, black pastor, like just so involved in Black Lives Matter and really asking great questions around that. But I had to say to him, what he was like, I think we rent the church out to these people even though they don't agree with us. And I looked at him, I said, would you, cause they don't have women in leadership and they don't have LGBTQI full inclusion. And I said, what if I told you that they wouldn't allow men that were black to be the leader of the church? Would you still want them here? But I don't think him and I could have had that conversation had we not met um, over other things. If we weren't like actual friends and actually in each other's lives and you know, those kind of questions, you kind of can't have those until you've had the, the other conversations. And that's a, that's the problem with Twitter or Facebook or all these online only things, right? Um, is that it doesn't allow us to get to that, that level of, yeah, closeness and tightness and honesty, yeah. I think. 
Right. Yeah. I think that's why this whole concept of like a social thread is so interesting is because you might find yourself in proximity with somebody that doesn't agree with you. And then if you don't, if you just continuously disconnect yourself from people because you may not always agree, then you might just end up being a lonely little thread in the wind somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I am as liberal as they come. I am yeah. just oof, too liberal, some would say. But I love having conversations <laughs> with um, with conservative people. I mean, I've always said that I'm really good at, con- at converting conservative people to the dark side of liberalism. But I mean, <laughs> she is. She's a what do you call it? Oh. An evangelist. Yeah, oh, you I'm must be one gonna... of those those Antifa people, right? Mm, I'm a little lazy for that, but I'm a little lazy for that. I ain't got time to organize. (laughs) (laughs) But I love, I love having conversations where I just challenge people, especially no offense, white men Mm -hmm. challenging them to think. Please challenge us all day long. Yeah. (laughs) Because all it is, is like, just maybe sometimes you're saying like, okay, well, why, why, why don't you like women in leadership in Mm. the church? why don't you like black lives matter um do you actually know what marxism is Uh, blah 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 the thread keeps going but if i were to disconnect myself from that i wouldn't have been able to one teach empathy and to be Mm. empathetic Mm. Mm. yeah i think that's the that's the beauty of this guys is we we need each other if this is if we've learned anything through the actual market research or through just your experience we we do need each other and people who are isolated are the ones who do really radical, horrible things um, because they don't have the sense of empathy or humanity. They don't have their humanity. Um, Guys, you have been phenomenal. I could talk, we could talk to you all day long. This social fabric thing is going to be in my head, but I would love to hear um, from each of you, Robert and Rob, what is one, like one tangible way that someone listening today who's like trying to think about like, how do I either make space for myself or make space for others? What is like one thing that you would suggest if, if they can't get involved in a social fabric kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great, great question, especially during this time, you know, we were talking at the meetup last night, we're, we're trying to, to do some of our own, I guess, market research now that we've, We've been doing this for since January, since Robert came on board um, and and dealing with the challenges of, hey, this is all supposed to be in person. And now everybody's on 17 Zooms all the time. And now we're trying to build a thing over Zoom. <laughs> and like, what fresh hell is this? But, um, you know, in talking to folks, they say, yeah, I was on Zoom all day, but but I came to this meetup and there's sort of no no judgment, no expectation here. And it's an opportunity to connect with people um, in community. And even though it's still happening on a screen, I still leave this sort of recharged um, Mm. for the week. And I'd say that too, like, even though it's my job and and we have the same conversation twice a week and we have it with people like on Thursday, Hey, we had the same exact conversation on Tuesday. It's Thursday. We're having the same one, but it's, it's still different somehow. And I still like go to bed really pumped up and feeling like I had maybe not quite the same, but I still had human connection in a meaningful way. And so that's what I would find. Like, even if your work makes you be in in technology all day, but technology is the only way for you to connect with other people, like find healthy ways to do that. Like don't avoid it. Get on with your family, get on with your college friends. Um, whatever, um, join us at a, at a meetup, join Sarah and Josie at, uh, 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 theology on tap, um, do something that's not work related, but you're still having human connection, even if it is over zoom. I love that. What about you, Robert? Yeah, I I think I probably echo the same thing is that, um, it is to, to really, you know, if, if, if people feel full stuck, if you feel stuck is that, you have to get to a point where you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm stuck because I'm trying to do it by myself. Mm. I'm trying to do my life, my workout, my faith. I'm trying to do things all by myself. And it, it, my challenge would be to find community. And then if you can't find community, you have to be able to ask for help. You have to be able to ask for help and, um, 
and, and also I guess know you need help too. That's the that's the issue too. So those are great suggestions. Well, thank you for once again joining us on an episode of Making Spaces. I'm Sarah and this has been That's your cue, Josie. This has been what? Making spaces. <laughs> no, this is being Josie. <laughs> oh, well, this is Josie, not Ben. I'm still here. I know. It's like a yeah. British way of saying it. Anyway, point being, <laughs> um, you can find us at Rev Sarah Heath on all social medias, but you can also find us on Instagram at Making Spaces Podcast. You can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. Um, and you can find. Uh, yeah, I wish everyone could see her sweet dancing moves. I'm hoping that it's filming you right now. Um, we would love to have your voicemails. There's a way to do that if you go to www.anchor.fm dash slash mother trucker slash making spaces. And you'll see that there's a place where you can leave us a voicemail. We're asking the question, where is your favorite space and why? And let me tell you, they have been probably the cutest answers. Yeah? I agree. Nice. I want to go Rob, with these voicemails now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Robert, Rob, where can we find you? So you can find us at socialthread.org or uh, at facebook.com slash socialthreadcommunity on Instagram at at get social thread you can check out our podcast at podcast.socialthread.org we have newsletters we got podcasts we got facebook lives we got meetups we got it all um, but socialthread.org um, and really go in there click on get involved you can fill out that form if you want to really jump in and 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 get connected with us directly but there's also a place to sign up and just get on our newsletter if you get on that newsletter you're gonna know everything that's going on every week with us so yeah thank you thank you thanks guys so much for joining us and um we will see you next week where we will be saving a space for you we just nailed that all right oh, guys yeah. <laughs> thank you so much bye. Guys, thank you so killer